Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Smith and Rowland Show. That's Smith what they say it is. And Rowland Show. And this is where we speak to the world all truth. We've got things going on around the world, Alan Smith. Is that better? Oh, I don't know. That's good. Did That's somebody good. actually say that? Yeah. Derek Roland. Derek Roland. <laughs> hey, Big D. We call him Clyde. Listen, that's a sing. There we go. <laughs> that's terrible. That is a singing machine, Derek Roland. Is he really? Oh, man, let me tell you something. His daddy, in my opinion, the greatest tenor singer in the world, and Derek inherited it. But let me also say that Derek spent some time with me where I, I helped him along hmm. and got him where he could, you know. The epitome yeah. of humility. That's me. I think we'll just say the epitome and stop it at that. <laughs> <laughs> we got things going on. Let's get started here. Okay, Adam. guys. We got things going on. Go for it. President Biden spoke to the nation. I'm, I'm a little crossed between some of the things he said. He was accurate. He was trying to frame something. He was trying to put Hamas and Russia collectively into one group. Mm -hmm. He basically said that. that How many times did he say ice cream? (laughs) He was trying to say that Hamas and Russia are the same. And in light of what he was saying, he said that Hamas is trying to destroy the democracy next to them. Russia is trying to destroy the democracy next to them. And he was talking about this in terms of it being a war against democracy. That's the wrong understanding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's easy to come to the wrong understanding about what's going on around the world if you don't have, as a priority, the narrative of the Word of God guiding you mm-hmm. in the way you're thinking about what's happening. Mm-hmm. This week we did some podcasts that, of a dream that Rick Joyner had mm-hmm. and of a dream that Chris Reed had, and um, both of them, you can you could take the elements of their dream, and there is scripture to back up what they mm-hmm. said they dreamed. There's scripture to back it up, which I think is the right way to validate if someone's heard from God or not. Exactly. If it contradicts the Word of God, they didn't hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, in agreement with the Word of God, then I think we need to pay attention to it. So if you frame what's really happening around the world, Alan, give your perspective of how you view what's happening in Israel— and Russia mm-hmm. collectively, because that's what the president said. And he was doing it to try to get the aid package mm-hmm. of $110 billion, I think. So I understand from a political standpoint what he was saying. He did some things that I didn't think he would do that I applaud him for in, mm-hmm. in his speech. But the perspective I still don't think is exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, let, let me take us back just a few years just quickly so that it will influence our thinking. There was actually the Gaza Strip, the way I understand it, was actually Palestine back 2,000 years ago or so, give or take. The enemies, when it speaks, Israel has these enemies, you know, to, to the west of them. It was speaking about Palestine, which that's basically the Gaza Strip and that in the West Bank. In the West Bank. And so at that biblical, in Bible days, we call it, well, let me even go pre, let's go on back a little further even to King David. Goliath, you know, that he killed was a Philistine. Right. Well, that's where you're a Palestinian. It's the same yes. un- understanding. That's right. Of a group of people. That's right. Yeah. 
And so you bring it today, and they're they're kind of in there, the West Bank, Gaza, that little arm up above Gaza. I'm not even sure if that's part of Gaza, but the part that's west of Israel that's there at, against the sea, because mm-hmm. it's spoken that way in the scriptures. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's basically a Palestine, if you will. Yeah. And uh, the Jews have always been, you could say that, that Israel or the Jews were not recognized as a nation until 1948, but there were still Jews there. Yeah, well, so, that's right. So, and, 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 for, and for basically 2,000 years. Yes, which is the lack of the understanding of these college kids yes. that's protesting. They don't have that understanding. They don't, they don't understand. No, they do not. And, and it's because the professors are not teaching history mm-hmm. correctly. If any of them that's been interviewed, they say, well, for 75 years, Israel now, has been yeah. an occupier of the... That's not accurate. Well, just check up with God. God <laughs> gave him that land. If you want to argue with God, go yeah, ahead. I mean, you can go back to but Abraham. God, but yeah, God gave him that promised land. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so you can make that argument, say you don't believe in God. It doesn't change the fact that God had given it to them. they have been exactly there. David right. was there. Solomon was there. He built yeah. a temple on Temple Mount. And uh, so they're trying to pitch this idea now that the uh, Palestinians have been displaced out of their homeland, which is not true. The truth be known, I heard a guy, I wish I could quote his name, he's a Palestinian. He did a podcast. He had left his, uh, he used to be in Hamas, and he had left. And he said he knew that his life would be in danger after this podcast, but he said, I just want the Jewish nation to know that we appreciate you allowing us to keep our mosque on Temple Mount. Wow. He said, we appreciate all that you've done for the Palestinians that are not Hamas. Yeah. How that our food and our water and everything came through into Gaza. And yeah. he had an incredible podcast yeah. of being thankful mm-hmm. and when apologizing for what had happened. And some of what I just said came from him. Yeah. About the, mm-hmm. the history. About of, the history of, yeah. of the thing. And he said yeah. that he was saying how Hamas had come in and totally brainwashed and changed uh, true history and he said that's what's creating this but he also had a warning to america because there's people in america's changing your history too oh yeah absolutely and it it reminded me of the dream that rick joiner had and chris reed saying that he was talking about things coming in from the southern border i'm afraid we've been invaded even way before then also oh yeah absolutely by, uh, by the dark side in such yeah. a way that yeah. well chris reed was talking about how that he in his dream if i'm mm-hmm. quoting him right you help me but he said that in his dream there were 12 sleeper cells mm-hmm. in america and then he started naming the places where they were mm-hmm. and uh, he named michigan as a, as a place and minnesota as mm-hmm. a place oddly enough Rashida Tlaib mm-hmm. represents the 12th district from Michigan. That's right. And we talked about that on, on a podcast earlier this mm-hmm. week. And uh, then Representative Omar represents the 5th district out of Minnesota. Correct. And they are, you know, anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say it. They hate the Jews. Mm-hmm. Of course, was uh, along with the American media and the media in Britain as well, mm-hmm. jumped on the fact that Israel had bombed a hospital when no hospital had been bombed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the rocket. The rocket didn't come from Israel. It came from Islamic Jihad, which mm-hmm. is another group inside of Gaza. Mm-hmm. And they blew, blew up a parking lot beside the hospital, not the hospital. Hamas put out a press release. They'd bombed the hospital and 500 people were dead. Mm-hmm. Well, it was 10 people and it was a parking lot. 
Mm-hmm. And then Israel released a taped conversation that went on from Islamic Jihad to Hamas, stating that this was their rocket, mm-hmm. but yet w- there was protest in America and around the world. And they've not changed their story. And they've not changed their story. And, Alan, that media that pursued that false narrative mm-hmm. created such a tailspin. Our embassy came under assault in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Our embassy was protested against in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Our uh, military base has now been bombed. Right. So America has been pulled into this. And if you really listen to what the president said in trying to frame Hamas and Russia as part of the same mm-hmm. deal, then you, what we have, we're, we're sitting here on a powder keg that's about to blow into World War III. I don't think, I think, I've heard it said 99% of the time, oh, this is just another little skirmish over there. Yeah, yeah. This is not This is the not same. just another little skirmish. And you know the thing the thing that troubles me is I was thinking about this today. There's truth behind a generational gap between the young and the old. Mm-hmm. The young have things to offer mm-hmm. that the old need to embrace. Right. The old has things to offer that the young need to mm-hmm. embrace. It's hard to replace experience. That's hard to replace. And in our lifetime, I think we can say we've never seen it like this before in Israel. I made the statement this week. If you want to just go based off of the 75 years of history, right? there's never been a time when Israel and Russia was at war at the same time. Exactly. That's one thing that everybody needs to take note of. Second thing is, that we need to take note of, Israel has declared from their government that we're at war. Mm-hmm. We've not heard that before since 67. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can, with authority, say yes. we've never seen it like this before in Israel. Would That's you agree right. with that? I would totally agree. And I don't think it's right to frame the connection between Hamas and Russia the way the president did, because mm-hmm. it's these wars are about much more than democracy. It's about religion, mm-hmm. and it's about a hatred of the Jews. And it's the way that you can connect Hamas and Russia is that Russia fuels Iran. Iran fuels Russia. Mm-hmm. They both fuel Hamas right. and Hezbollah, terrorist organizations. So those terrorist organizations are actually the military arm, right. or at least a military arm from Russia and from Iran. Mm-hmm. And it does fulfill the scriptures of the nations coming down from the north Mm -hmm. to converge against the land of Israel. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, you hear it first on the Smith & Rowland podcast, we're in a mess. To see the the troublesome thing to me, Jeff, is I say are concerning. I guess part of me rejoices and other part of me shakes in my boots. Is with Russia, the president in this article that I think we can read a little bit here in a minute, that he's saying that, that Russia and Hamas basically is the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think he made a comparison to Ukraine war, did he not? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. The same thing is with the Hamas and Israel. He did. So as we see the coupling, and then we know prophetically, you got Gog and Magog and the North and the China teaming up with these, you know, and there's scripture everywhere saying that all of all, on all the borders of Israel, 
will be their enemies. Yes. Lord. Everyone all the way around there will Absolutely. be their enemies. Absolutely. And we see this materializing now. It's, yeah. And, and to me, it's very concerning. In this letter, and I think we could go to it and cite it here just a moment, it says, Remarks of the President of the United States. Uh, I've got that one up, Jason. Uh, says the, pre- the, the President says, Good afternoon. You know, there are moments in this life, and I mean this literally, when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This was an act of sheer evil, he says. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 Americans, citizens killed, parents butchered, using their bodies to try to protect their children, stomach-turning reports of being babies being killed, entire families slain, young people massacred, women raped, families hid their fear for hours, and thousands of wounded alive but carrying with them the bullet holes and shrapnel in their memory. You all know these traumas never go away, he says. Then he goes on down to say, the brutality of Hamas, this bloodthirstiness brings to mind the worst, the worst uh, rampages of ISIS, which is true. This is terrorism, which we all agree. But sadly for the Jewish people, it's not new. Okay, Jeff, I can go on down through this article, yeah. and it's kind of repetitive. I mean, it's just more it of the is. same. It is, yeah. I think, in all honesty, Biden is, did a pretty good job in this. In and this, he did, yeah. He, this uh, this article is, is right after October the 7th. Right after, uh, and, yeah. And, uh-huh. then, and then he made the speech from the Oval Office just the other night when he got back from Israel. And there was so many political overtones that it kind of overshadows what he said. However, Correct. he did make the statement, we stand with Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, He kept making that statement. He also mm-hmm. said that it was not Israel who bombed the Gaza hospital. I mm-hmm. think that was important to say. Mm-hmm. But i got to also say that it's one thing to say things in words, and it's some, something else to do things in action. He's wanting billions of dollars to go to Israel in aid. Mm-hmm. And he's also sending $100 million worth of aid to the Palestinian people. It's now, we time. all know that Hamas is going to take that. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in charge they're of the government. They're going to take that, yes. They're in charge of it. There's that element. And there's all kinds of different elements around what's going on. You brought up Ezekiel 38. Mm-hmm. I, I preached it last Sunday, and I believe this. I think that Ezekiel 38, we're seeing that now. Mm-hmm. I think this that's what we're seeing. I personally believe that the Battle of Gog and Magog is what we're seeing the beginning stages of. I do not put that battle at the end of the kingdom age. I put it right where it's at. I think that the rapture of the church will happen sometime during this battle. Mm -hmm. Could be at the conclusion, Mm -hmm. but sometime during this war, the rapture of the church, I think, will take Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that there couldn't be a delay in this in this war. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that they can't come to some kind of agreement that will not last, but for a period of time could delay the war and delay these events. Those things can happen, but I do believe that what we are seeing lines up with Ezekiel 38. Mm-hmm. There is representation, whether in personnel or by weapons or by money, it's there. Mm-hmm. Now, Alan, the Abrahamic Covenant 
says, I'll bless those that bless you, I'll curse those that curse you. Mm -hmm. I just want to offer this, if I can. Mm -hmm. We have funded, as a government and as a people, our tax dollars have went to Iran, who has taken that money, and they have fueled Hamas and Hezbollah. That being said, we're now we're given and have been given money to the Palestinians, which Hamas has taken from the people, mm-hmm. and they're using it to finance this war against Israel. Mm-hmm. All right, now let me just say that if our money is involved, then our, it'll be our money that'll be cursed <laughs> in America. And I do believe that we're going to come under that curse economically because mm-hmm. our money's involved. And all of that I know is, is done politically. That's why the political side of this argument needs to be talked about and people need to come to some kind of understanding with that. Yeah. So that being said, everything that President Biden has talked about, everything that he's talked about in the speech that he gave right after October the 7th and the speech from the Oval Office, mm-hmm. President Biden has stated in words that were with Israel, but in actions, he's playing both sides against the middle. Yeah. So with that, we come to a place where we have to say, we've got to come to a conclusion as the people of God, what should be our response to these things? Well, right here, I've got an article for you. Okay. This is from Christian christianity today mm-hmm. and um they walk through you know kind of what's going on there in israel some of the barbaric things that hamas is saying but this paragraph right here is really what bugged me was this right here and i can't see it to read it <laughs> can somebody read it <laughs> yeah it says uh, this should go without saying but some american christians refuse to denounce hamas for its barbaric atrocities. A statement from the Episcopal Church in the United States, for example, mentioned a time of violence, but fails to say that Hamas was its instigator, suggests that occupation is the underlying cause, and charges that Israel's response is disproportionate. The United Methodist Church similarly refers merely to a escalation of violence and urges both sides not to resort to further violence. Now, Alan, that well, goes right back. Jason, that goes right back. Yeah. I just thought that was it when you said, it is, what's the response of the American church? Right. That's not the right response. That's not the right response. Because of a lack of education, it's because of a lack of somebody understanding that Palestine was in in the land that God had given to Israel. Mm-hmm. When they come out of Egyptians' bondage, God give them the promised land. Now, they had to take it. But since that time, Alan, they have dwelled there. And somebody needs to understand that when Jesus came to the earth, when the Son of God mm-hmm. came to the earth to die for the sins of man, he was a Jew, mm-hmm. and he came to his land. Mm-hmm. He came to his own, and his own received him not. So Israel has been in that land a whole lot longer mm-hmm. than 75 years. And these statements of calling Israel an occupier is just wrong. Y'all test what I'm getting ready to say here. When people do not know a topic, which is most of, like this is a very complex problem. Yeah. When people do not understand what's going on in any given situation, the human response is 
usually benevolent. Yeah. In other words, somebody's been mistreated or it's always a passive response. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, in other words, everybody just needs to quit their violence. Okay, I, I get that. But if somebody comes in your house shooting your kids and your wife, and you're supposed to tell everybody, now, let's just quit the violence. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? And that's what happened. And that's what happened. So my my point is this. When people don't understand, take all these college kids that's pro-Hamas and pro-Palestinian movement. Well, really, it's Hamas. We're not going to throw all Palestinians under that bus. But it's a lack of understanding. Yes, it is. Because some of those same kids, I don't care if they are at Harvard. I've seen some some interviews, and they couldn't tell you how many— Stars are on the American flag. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, that's exactly right. So my, my point's right. this. When you don't understand your topic, the go-to thing of human nature is a, of a benevolent response. Yeah. It, it's always that way. You, but, but it's because the truth is you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. It always tends to be, oh, now everybody everybody uh, just kumbaya. You know, let's yeah. sit around the campfire and, yeah. and roast marshmallows. And mm-hmm. it's kind of this idea. And the, the truth is... There's been a misconception. There's the, the understanding's not correct. Yeah. I, I don't want if I gotta have a, a brain surgery, I want somebody that knows their topic. Exactly. You know, I don't That's want to exactly. go into surgery and somebody come in and pat me on my hind end and say, "Well, everything's gonna be all right," and then turn around and walk out. Yeah, that's right. It's hard for me to make my point. But my point is you need people that know what's going on. Right. Now, if you don't know what's going on, find out somebody that does and support them. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, and, and but to have an opinion and you don't know what's going on. And now listen, everybody everybody we're talking about here still gets one vote. I'm saying all this is to say you need to educate yourself. Well, here, here's something. We've talked about this on Unplugged podcast a bunch, but... And you've brought it up, and I, don't, I can't count how many times you've said this. matter of fact, sometimes you get so repetitive. It's because you don't take your medicine right. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that on another podcast. But how many times have you said, the smart people have let us down? Smart people have let okay, us down. Okay, now watch this. In the past couple of weeks, professors, we can talk about the college kids all we want to, professors from Harvard, professors from Cornell University, have led protests where one professor from Cornell said this, it brought me joy to hear how Hamas has attacked the occupier Israel. Now think about that. They they beheaded babies. They actually mutilated pregnant women, cut out the children, and cut their heads Mm -hmm. off. Things that, that are unspeakable, Hamas has done. And we have a professor who's teaching kids and mm-hmm. saying it was exhilarating. That was his term. Oh, my goodness. To hear of these events. Now, you got Harvard, Cornell, Ivy League schools, Alan, and they're teaching kids wrong history. Because if you're going to teach Israeli history, you have to use their history book. Mm-hmm. And their history books, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And the Word of God can't be trusted in their eyes. So they're teaching children lies and mm-hmm. deception. These kids are falling for it. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got this anti-Israeli, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic behavior going on in America on college campuses. And based on the article that Jason put up just a minute ago, the church 
in some degree, not all, but the church in some degree, are teaching these same ridiculous ideas. Mm-hmm. And we, me and you know, if we go into, if we want to go into the weeds on that, it's because these people believe in a replacement theology, mm-hmm. and that's where it leads you to. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a deeper topic. Of how Christians are supposed to respond. How should we respond and be accurate in our response? Now, there is all kinds of ways to respond. There is how we respond inwardly in ourself, Mm -hmm. which should produce an outward action. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do outwardly comes from inside. The Bible says, from out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. So it's an inward thing that produces outward behavior. I do believe this, and this is what I think the the Lord's been speaking to me, at least personally, and I draw a parallel with the chaos and the confusion that's going on in the world. I'll guarantee you there are believers out there that's in chaos and confusion in their life because that is part of the spirit that's been released, not just the Mm -hmm. spirit of violence, but it's the spirit of confusion. It's the spirit of chaos that is attacking believers and that's mm-hmm. been unleashed on the world. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Mm-hmm. And God keeps calling me back to this scripture. I preached it three or four weeks ago. And I, I keep getting called back to Hebrews chapter 4. And it's almost like God is mandating for me to respond to the circumstances of my life as well as the circumstances all around me in the world. Mm-hmm. I think we should respond First of all, inside, by entering into the rest of God, mm-hmm. entering into that promise of rest. And so he keeps calling me back to Hebrews 4. We understand that, and we do call Christians and believers, as well as ourselves into this rest of God. This rest of God is not something that we enter just because everything's going so great. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly that's <laughs> yes. right. You don't say, well, well, everything's going good, so now I will rest in God. Yeah. No, no, no. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Everything is so chaotic. There is such a great crisis. Yeah. And so to look at Israel in that state of affairs, and as Christians looking at it, what is the proper response? A crop, proper response is to enter into a rest of God. Don't, don't you think— now that that's a tough one. Uh, it's, though. T- it's hard. Oh yeah. But don't you think that the as far as um, psychologically and philosophically, mm-hmm. what you just said is is really the the perception people have is well, you can only enter into the rest of God when things are good. Whether we we can say that we don't believe it that way, mm-hmm. but that's that's how we act. And if that's how we act, that's what's inside of mm-hmm. us. We think that the only time we can enter into the rest of God is when we're living in prosperity, when everything is good, there's nothing going on. No, no, no. To truly enter into the rest of God and be aware of it takes Mm -hmm. adversity, Mm -hmm. takes trial. It takes something coming against that rest. Mm -hmm. And God keeps calling me back into that rest, and it's hard. It's really hard to get there. But it is a promise that God gives us. Could we say that this rest of God that's in Hebrews 6 that you're citing, would this rest of God be equal to and none other than trusting God? Yeah. It, would it, would it that could. be Let me offer this synonymous. as synonymous. Yes, it would. Rest in the text of Hebrews 4, 1, 
rests there in, in, in the ver- first verse says, let us therefore fear lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Rest in that verse means to abide or to be kept in a particular place. So it indicates there is a place of rest. And Hebrews 4, 4, it says, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day, on this wise, and God did rest. Mm -hmm. The seventh day of all of his works means to cease or to allow to come to a fulfilled end. Mm -hmm. That's what rest means there. Mm -hmm. Rest in chapter 4, verse 8. Can you you go to the next slide, Jason, right quick? I just wanted to point out, for if Jesus had given them rest in verse 8, this is where it gets good, Alan. Verse 8, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not have afterward have spoken of another day. Listen to this. Rest in that verse means to rest through the adversity of baffling winds. Mm. That's what it means. Or the stirring of air. Mm. That we're supposed to actually colonize together in rest with Christ. Can I offer something to you to get you to respond to Mm -hmm. it? Because I'm writing an article, I about got it finished, that I'm going to put on the kingdom site called Intensity. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's what's intriguing to me about that term. To understand the perspective of, of intensity, op- I think, opens the scope of how we, how I personally interpret the Word of God. It's through intensity. Mm-hmm. I said in several podcasts before, when God drops a word to the earth, it's immediately operational. It's immediately active. And we can see it in its infancy form sometimes. Right. And then it grows in intensity all the way till it's fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I believe that. And I think, especially with prophetic scripture, that that's true. Right. When God gave that word to Ezekiel, it was active. It was immediate. It was operational right then. And we're seeing now, as it grew in intensity all through the the years, we're seeing now the fulfilled end of that beginning to take place. I honestly believe that when the book of Revelation was given in AD 96, I think the entire book was operational. It was active. Even then, we see the intensity mm-hmm. of the narrative of that book being fulfilled. You can look back and say, we've heard of wars and rumors of wars all this time. Right. We've seen earthquakes getting worse and worse and worse. We've seen death and disease and new diseases worse and worse and worse we're seeing the intensity of that being fulfilled mm-hmm. all the way until its end till its end when god created the heavens and the earth just follow this thought because i want you to respond to it i think it has something to do with entering into his rest in hebrews 4 he, the writer of hebrews draws an analogy between god's creative power and us entering into his rest when god began on the first day he created everything in six days On the seventh day, he rested. But when he started on the first day, it was already in the heart of God to do everything he did in six days. Could he not have done everything that he did in six days? Could he have not done it in one day? Mm -hmm. He could have. But there was an intensity in the creative design Mm -hmm. of God. Then on the seventh day, he rested. I'm convinced of this. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created every resource that we would ever ever need that would go from the time of its creation all through time mm-hmm. till it was at a fulfilled end mm-hmm. when there would be a new heaven 
and a new earth. Mm -hmm. So the earth, that totally destroys the climate change agenda. Mm -hmm. You're not going to devalue. God thought this thing through and knew what what we was going to be like now, Mm -hmm. you know. And on the seventh day, God rested because his work was complete. Mm -hmm. His work was fulfilled. He could cease from his labor. Mm -hmm. The same thing can be said of Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15, the promise of Christ, and here's what he said to Satan. He's going to crush your head. You'll bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Mm -hmm. We've been seeing that narrative in intensity being Mm -hmm. fulfilled all the way till you get to the cross Mm -hmm. and the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. And it continues The empty tomb crushed his head, but it continues because the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15 is when Satan is cast into the lake of fire Mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. I believe that. So there is an intensity involved. We're seeing it through the dimension of time. Everything that God saw was in the same moment of time. To enter into God's rest, I believe this, is to take our future and appropriate that into our present. And that's what relieves us of the bondage of our past. That's part Mm -hmm. of entering into the rest of God. And I think it all revolves around that intensifying of the Word of God all the way till it's fulfilled at its desired end. Mm -hmm. It's accomplished what it's supposed to accomplish. Can you speak to that just for a minute? Yeah, it's a, you know, Paul Harvey had a good response to some of what you're saying. And uh, you, the listeners might want to look it up. It's Paul Harvey, and it says what God created on the eighth day. <laughs> it's very good. You can find it on YouTube. Not This is all I'm going to say about it. You just need to look it up, Paul Harvey. Yeah. What God created on the eighth day, and it was a farmer. <laughs> that's another. That's for another podcast. Along with the truck driver to keep the farmer <laughs> that's humble. For, that's for another day, for another <laughs> podcast. To answer what you're saying there about that rest, it seems to me that life is, uh, you're kind of going between crises, if you will, or at least between trials, yeah, between challenges as you grow up as a child and then as a teenager and then in your 20s. And this, all of life is a challenge, has its times of challenge. The difficult thing is all through life, you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. And then your challenge proves to you that you don't. That you don't. But it seems like that life is about going from one challenge to the next. And so, and that challenge is bigger than us, even though we try to work it out ourselves, which is true. And with this scripture in Hebrews, it's saying the rest of God means that there is another place to be in within the challenge. What's happened in Israel to me today is very disturbing. Yeah. I know it's very biblical. I should find I should not be surprised. I'm somewhat not surprised, but I'd be lying if I didn't say it it makes my stomach churn. Yeah. It makes me feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. I hate it for those families just in the natural. Absolutely. But on the spiritual oh, the spiritual side of things and not looking at individual families, but looking at the earth as a whole. It's scripture to be Bible teachers like you and I are is one thing. And I have prepared my whole life and have been preaching and teaching about scriptures 
with the future in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I'm having a hard time finding my footing. Yeah. When I'm in the future now, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I totally. I'm, I'm having just a little bit of a time. I hear everybody trying to bring definition to it, and I'm like, y'all are just as scared as I am. Don't try to act like everybody acts like you know everything. I, what we're seeing being fulfilled in our very eyes, if you really believe it, which I just so happens I do. I've taught it too long not to believe it. Yeah, I wasn't budgeting for me being in it when it happened. When it happened. Yeah, And so we've went from teaching and preaching about everyday sin. You don't need to sin. You need to get right with God. You need to live a godly life. And we're all for all of that stuff. Yes. But what we're finding ourselves in is a prophetic events that all of a sudden changes everything. Yeah. And I know we're living in a world now. We think it's changed in the last 24 months. Just wait. Hang on your hat for the next 24 months. Yeah. Because if it's if it's what we're thinking, the last twenty four months going to look like a cakewalk. Absolutely, with no the doubt. next twenty four, with no doubt, I thought things were getting better. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and well so, in, in some <laughs> let me say this: in some sense of the word, if we rest in God, mm-hmm. they are. They, and, they and because words, the, the the blessed hope is there. Well, yeah. I had a dream. If y'all can indulge me, five just three yeah. minutes here. Yeah. I had a dream years ago, and you both know it well. But it was about an old man was out in a meadow in a field and he was watching four or five kids in the meadow trying to fly a kite and they'd throw the kite up and run and it just kind of it wouldn't get 10 foot off the ground and it'd run around crash run around crash and so the old man walked up to him he sat down on a log and he had on a old blue jean jacket you remember the old long like yeah. grandpa had yeah had yeah. big pockets on the mm-hmm. side you remember that oh yeah well, this guy, he had an old man, had on coveralls with one of them big blue jean jackets, like Mr. Green Jeans used to wear. Mm-hmm. And um, he told the kids to bring her kite over to him. They can't, This is all in a dream. So they brought the kite over to him, and he took a book out of his pocket. And he'd look through, he thumbed through that book, and he'd stop at a page, and he'd tear it out. And he took off a piece of string from their twine, ball of twine, and he tied it onto the bottom of the kite. Well, the problem was their kite didn't have a tail. So he'd tie that piece of paper in there. It looked like kind of like a bow, but he'd tie it. And then he'd flip over in the Bible. and He'd get the one he wanted. He'd tear it out, and he'd tie it in there. And then he kept doing that till he had about eight or ten or twelve pieces of paper tied in the tail of that kite. Then as the dream went on, the old man told him, said, now take your kite out there and throw it up. So they threw it up, and sure enough, a wind caught it and took off. And they were so happy. And uh, so the old man was standing there with the kids, and the kite was flying, and they looked at him, and they said, well, what happened? He said, well, the kite had to have a tail to give it direction. And what he was doing, he was tearing pages out of a Bible and tying it into the tail of the kite. Yeah. He said, the Word of God's the tail to the kite. And he said, it gives it direction. Mm -hmm. And he said, then the wind of the Spirit blows against that kite, and the kite catches the wind, and it takes off. But he said, without the tension of that string against the kite, it wouldn't go higher. Mm. And he said, the tensions of life against your life, when the wind of the Spirit blows against you, and the Word of God gives you direction, he said, you'll go higher in the Spirit. (laughs) Amen. And then that was the end of the dream. Amen. But I totally got I totally got it out of that dream. Yeah. 
The tensions of life are going to come, but they're very necessary. And these tensions of life, and to me, Israel's a big tension, but it's still all tensions in all of our lives. We need the wind of the Spirit to blow in our face. Absolutely. And if we'll take the Word of God as our direction, mm-hmm. I believe all of these tensions in life, when the wind of the Spirit, if we're handling the Word of God to give us direction, it'll cause us to go higher. And you couldn't go higher without the tension of that strength. That's exactly right. And so I think that's what the rest of God means, Jeff. When we rest in Him, we have all of these tensions of life, and we rest in Him, we trust the Word of God is in the tail because the kite could do nothing without that Word of God. And the Word of God, and the old man, I remember this, he said, to the kite, the tail feels like it's holding it back. But he said, in reality, it's giving it direction. Wow. You know, you're telling me that dream. I'm sitting here thinking, my wife wrote a song, and it's called Hire. Mm-hmm. And it's it is your dream. Mm-hmm. She wrote that anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say some of the things the Lord's been dropping into my heart lately was this: in the same place of your adversity is where you'll find your victory. Mm-hmm. In the same place of your dry, dusty land is where you'll find water. Mm-hmm. In the same place of sickness you'll find your healing Mm -hmm. in the same place. There is significance to places all through Mm -hmm. the scripture. You know, God would tell them, mark this place, uh, build an altar at this place. Mm -hmm. A memorial was always, there is a significance to places. And God did that. Me and you together, Alan, have been learning that (laughs) so powerfully. There is significance to places Mm -hmm. that God anoints. And it's, Wherever you find yourself right now, mm-hmm. in the natural eyes, you can see it as a place that is barren and dry. But that's the place that God's going to bring water out of the rock and mm-hmm. manna from heaven. It's the same place. And we all, for some reason, life gives us all of that. I put Jason on the spot here, but about a year ago, Jason's much younger than you and I. Yeah, a whole lot younger. A whole lot younger. I think he graduated, what was it, middle school just the other day? I was at his graduation. He tried to throw his cap. It went everywhere. It was a deal. It was a big deal. But I I, I got it straightened out. He's 25 years younger than Jeff and 35 years younger than me. But Jason is running. Nobody's exempt, but he had a crash up on his motorcycle. Was it a year ago, Jason? Yeah, it was last end of last August. Yeah, last August. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, he rode up there again today. Yeah. Which I think is first time back. Yeah, first time up back up there. Rode back down that road. He was laying there on, in the middle of the road and mm-hmm. ran into the side of a, a van. Mm-hmm. Should have killed him. Mm-hmm. I think it was targeted to kill him. I think it was targeted to I kill him. I think the enemy wanted him dead. I, I agree. And um, he messed up his ankle and his foot real bad. But anyway, he's laying there on the road. You want to tell us just a little bit, Jason? Sure. Yeah, it was on the road to Damascus, Virginia. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we really? It was, was it really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really no was. Way. It was right was. into Damascus, Virginia. Oh my yeah. goodness! I have a lot of family. Lives I, I up didn't there. know that. Yeah, oh, I'm serious. I probably hit one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually got a text message from somebody in that area yeah. just the other day that was talking about you know they was uh-huh. listening to our podcast, yeah. but they uh-huh. even mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> but you're serious. Yeah. The name of that road. Yeah, is, it's it's the road that leads into Damascus, Virginia. Yeah, on the road to Damascus. Yeah. Okay. So I'm now Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh boy, yeah. that mouthful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, when I I believe I did die, 
or was heading, checking out right. one way or the other. But um, I got to, I think I got to experience how close we really are. Mm-hmm. Like where we're heading and where we are is not that far away. Yeah. 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 And um, you're I think like I got going to, through death, you're saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that far. I think I got to experience a little bit of that. I'm not saying I went to heaven or anything like that, but I think I was heading that way. Mm-hmm. But the, I just remember the lack of time. There's no time there. I think that's what mm-hmm. separates us from. That's what separates us from heaven. But the thing that was most impactful to me was my death would call the havoc that it would cause on others. Right. It wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was thinking about that same. Actually, I was talking with Joshua today. He was he was in front of me again today. So we, got, we got to <laughs> y'all should have changed to, up just a we little. We got to we got to relive that whole experience one more time, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, we pulled over right after mm-hmm. we crossed that place and pulled over and it's like, well, I made it further today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's very surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that and, same place where where yeah. you experienced that was the yeah. same place yeah. that God gave you revelation. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget that either. No, you won't. You know, no, no. That, no uh, I promise you, you won't. It, it was the one of the most is the most bizarre thing that's ever happened to me. Can I tell you something that, in terms of that, and in terms of what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. entering into His rest, the Scripture in, in mm-hmm. Hebrews says unbelief, yeah, not small faith. Not weak faith, mm-hmm. but unbelief is that what causes you, you not to enter mm-hmm. in to God's rest. Mm-hmm. And that part gives me great hope, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the fact. And, and we was talking about this, Alan. I've known you 30 years, 35 years. I can't 40. remember. Yeah, it's 35 been, to 40. Yeah. Actually, back in the 1500s. Well, I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> in a, I've been alive, <laughs> But we were talking about this mm-hmm. just the other day. We've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. The reason that you and I are doing what we're doing here mm-hmm. is because there is a kingdom thing that works within us that is far beyond the natural scope of stuff. I'm sure mm-hmm. you'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to repeat to you something that that you've said to me, mm-hmm. and we've said it to each other several times. And I know that everyone that listens to this podcast they're going to understand what I'm saying when I say this. If you know Alan Smith, everybody knows that it has to be the kingdom of God that works within us. Mm-hmm. Or our relationship couldn't work. Mm-hmm. It couldn't work. But because of that kingdom principle, that the kingdom of God's bigger than we are. It's the kingdom of God. It's bigger than us. That is our where we connect. Yes. And if you and I are still together after 30-some years of ministry together, if we're yeah. still together, there's not a marriage on the planet that's got an excuse. No, that's right. <laughs> Can you hear what I'm saying? Oh, I absolutely. Do I get an amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, and, and here's the thing. I can understand you walking with me. Mm-hmm. I just can't understand me walking with you without the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I, can I get an amen there, Jason? I'm afraid to say anything. <laughs> that, that was that for you. He just threw pie in his face right there. 
But the truth of the matter is, is through all of the chaos, yes. that we, how much warfare? We've oh, had more chaos. Lord Jesus. We even in the beginning gave, listen, I'm not here to hear this. In the beginning, me and Jeff walking together, we gave each other permission to betray each other. <laughs> okay, we said, okay, if it's life or death, betray. That's right, yeah. Listen, if you get to jam, you need to use my name in vain. Do Just it. do it. That's I right. mean, because we understood, though, even yeah. then, we understood that the kingdom of God's bigger than It's we bigger are. than all that. Yeah. It's bigger. And I guess that's a little bit of the frustrating part of me that cannot understand how in the world that we can't get together and say, okay, look, you are stupid. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. But I love you. And because mm-hmm. of the kingdom, I'm going to walk with you. Mm-hmm. I got you back. When the, the hour has come, of, bud, I'll be there. The love of the kingdom of God is bigger than any chaos or any problem. It has to be. If you'll let it be. Because the kingdom of God. But you have God, to embrace it. You've got to embrace it. That's right. You've that, you got to receive it. you got to receive even. it, and then you got to embrace it. That's right. Because in the kingdom of God, Jerusalem is not just the capital of Israel. Mm-mm. It's the capital Mm-mm. of the world. It is. And it soon will be. He's got a globalist mentality now. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. All for that. When the king was, comes, buddy. I'm here. I was talking to a buddy last night, and he was talking about his little girl. I think it was his wife telling this story. She said that they joked about something about the rapture was happening to their little four. She's three or four years old. And she just stopped, and she put her hands together, and she said, "Come on, Jesus!" Yes, you really? <laughs> That's me, boy. I was like, "I've been shouting." I'll tell you what, well. somebody told her yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Even so, come but quickly, Lord Jesus. Yeah. When I was coming down old fifty-eight today, I couldn't help but think about Alan. You have a saying about death or entering the kingdom. It's either a don't get me wrong. I'm trying to work it out in my head coming down the road, but it's mm-hmm. either a short step or a long journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, it's the truth. That, that was it. It was in a dream. Yeah. One small step. I remember you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, it was the angel of the Lord, and that's when I was, when you was dealing with cancer and right. took my lung out, and I had a dream. Angel of the Lord was with me, and it's like we were in up in the second heaven or something. I looked down. I could see the globe or the earth, and I looked up towards the stars, and the angel of the Lord was standing beside me. We were in the air. And I said, how far is heaven? I knew I'd died. And I said, how far is heaven? He said, either one step or a long trip. Wow. That's so far. That's what he said. And I looked at him. I remember. I said, I don't get it. Yeah. He said, Second Peter chapter 1. Mm. That's what he said in the dream. But of course, that. I wake up and the first thing I do is go look at Second Peter chapter and it talks about the divine, nature. the divine nature. And what he was saying is, we can have the nature that we're going to have in heaven now. Yes. Yes. We can have the same nature. And we don't have to wait to get to heaven to get the That's nature right. you're going to have in heaven. That's right. What Second right. Peter chapter 1 says, you can have the nature that you're going to have in heaven now. And what that'll do is your nature will bring heaven to this earth. Yes. It has everything to do with with our nature, and that nature is found in resting and trusting in God. That's exactly right. That's where you find it, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. by entering into his rest. That rest is is part of the kingdom constitution Mm -hmm. of the king. I believe this. Called the divine nature. Called the divine nature. And that's what I'm saying when I'm saying appropriate Mm -hmm. what is in your future into your present. And I'm telling you, all of the chaos that is around you becomes just minimal. Mm-hmm. It's maybe an irritant. What was a big thing is now just a small little irritant 
and it can actually even go away mm-hmm. in the rest of God. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe it too. I we believe may it. can have that nature here, but I'm banking on a dang new foot. <laughs> I can hear that. Too. I, I need two of them. <laughs> I hear you guys. Well, gentlemen, we've we've been about running out of time now. We've had a good yeah, podcast, good. and it's been good. We've we've got to say some things. I think. Listen, we just trust the Lord, our audience, that we say what we try to walk in in His Spirit. Yeah, and we hope something that we've said has been beneficial mm-hmm. to those that are listening. Listen, let's continue to pray for the peace. Of Jerusalem. Of Jerusalem. Yes, sir. Amen. I agree. Absolutely. Amen. Well, Jason. Well, I am trying to get our going out of here. I've got a You got a, a song for us? Is this Miss Haley or is what? This is this Haley? This is Haley. This is Haley, my wife. This is Miss Haley Rowland. And you can hear her music. Yeah, on Spotify. On Spotify. And how's it listed? Haley Barrett Dash Rowland. Haley, Haley, Haley Barrett Rowland. Or refrigerator. <laughs> hey, Jeff, so, why don't yeah. you close us out? Hey, yeah. pray for a buddy of mine that uh, he had a really bad motorcycle wreck today. Oh, and um, best I know, he is uh, laid up in the hospital with a broken back at least. Oh, my goodness. His name's Greg Simpson. Okay, let's so pray it. for him and let's get on out of here. Father, we pray for Greg in the same place of his injury, may he run into healing. Mm -hmm. May he enter into your rest and find healing. Mm -hmm. May we all enter into your rest and find healing. Amen. May we bring our need into the rest of God and find provision. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus, I love you. I want to love you more. Amen. I'm thankful, Lord, for the Smith and Roland show mm-hmm. that you've allowed us to have fun, to have joy, and to speak some truth. Mm-hmm. Help us to keep the kingdom of God always in front of us. Mm-hmm. I pray your richest blessings on Alan, that you will give him fresh anointing. I pray for the richest blessings on Jason, mm-hmm. that you'll give him a, a renewed and a rekindled passion for the kingdom of God. And Lord Jesus, I pray for Jeff. Yep. Yeah. Lord, he's going to have a little bit of surgery Monday. And uh, we're praying, oh God, that you'll be there with him. He'll have full, total healing. Yes, Lord. And that this will all get behind him and that we might go forward. Lord, I pray that the Smith and Rowland Show will be in operation and we'll be right here talking mm. about your coming. Yes, Lord. When you appear in the sky, we will. I pray that we'll announce it right here from the Smith and Rowland Show. Amen. Amen. That here he is, and we'll sign off and say we'll meet you in the air. That's exactly so right. So, Lord, we thank you, and we bless you in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And the Smith and Rowland Show of Jason and Jeff and Alan said, Amen. Amen. And thank you for listening to our silky smooth oh, no. eloquent oh. Say bye, Jeff. Say bye, Jeff. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. 
You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollinshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.